Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 21. Listening. Katie, can I have a word with you? Katie glanced up. I'm in the back, David. She could hear his sigh. I know you're in the back, but you don't have any clothes on. Katie could feel her face getting hot. During all the chaos of the last hour, she had changed back and forth from animal to human form. Projecting clothes was as automatic as breathing. Now she realized she had been running around in front of David completely naked. The thought was mortifying. Jackson started chuckling. I'll go get your knapsack, Candy said with a grin. Thanks, she said softly, her embarrassment evident in her voice. I'm dressed, she told David with her thoughts. He immediately appeared from around the side of the house. He must have been standing just around the corner, patiently waiting for her to change. David gave Jackson a quick nod, obviously ignoring his lack of clothing. Katie, I couldn't help overhearing some of your theory about who is responsible for this. It's more plausible than the coward's theory. David sighed, looking down at the ground. I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to fight either. Can you at least check to see if all the seekers are counted for and not changed into malice? We can do that. David turned to Jackson. Was the seeker compound attacked? No. We set out sentries to watch the perimeter. David nodded. It never occurred to me. He shook his head, unable to go on, his emotions rushing to the surface. From the moment a seeker turns, they are inundated by the total ruthlessness of the leaders. Their power is supreme, and the individual is worthless. Pure hearts have made a foothold in this place, and it has to be crushed at all costs. The creatures who attacked were once seekers, David stressed. I heard you say that seekers from your compound may have changed. Jackson sighed. I will find out if it was one of us. David nodded, satisfied. I'm going to call Sheriff Tate. Katie's head jerked up. Do you think it wise? David sighed. If we hide the bodies, then they will just disappear. The families will never know if they are dead or alive. We could set them up like we did the last bodies. I talked to one of the rangers a few weeks ago about finding a couple of campsites attacked by wild animals. Most of them were not claimed. Their identities still unknown. The ones who die tonight have a right to go home to their families and be buried with some kind of closure. How are you going to explain the number of people in the home? David shrugged. I don't know yet. When are you going to call? Katie asked. As soon as possible. If you don't want to get involved, you need to leave immediately. Jackson reached his hand out towards David. Thanks for listening to us. David eyed him warily before taking Jackson's hand. I'm still not convinced. At least you're willing to listen, Jackson said with a tight smile. It took longer for Katie to leave than expected. 
Her mother held on to her, not wanting to let go. She was finally able to extricate herself, promising to have Zack and Cluxy not leave her alone. Pulling out of the driveway, a set of headlights swung around, highlighting her face. She squinted into the lights until they passed her. Looking in the rearview mirror, she could see the red and blue dome lights of Sheriff Tate. Looking behind her, Zack and Cluxy were scrunched down in the back seat. Jackson gave her a grimace. We didn't get away fast enough. I'm sure he recognized both of us. There were so many things she needed to do. She decided not to worry about the sheriff. Pulling into the plantation home circular drive, Katie looked at the old majestic home. It was hard to believe a few hours ago they were attacked and almost lost their lives. We need to get the bodies out of the house first, Jackson said quietly. Then we need to clean up any mess. If I know Reginald, he will know if there's anything missing. I think there are workers coming also. Right, Jackson acknowledged. We need to clean as fast and as thoroughly as possible. The Seekers are waiting for us at the compound. Jackson pulled into the Seeker compound. Instead of parking the Jeep in the parking lot, he pulled around to the back of one of the buildings. Two holes had already been dug in the makeshift cemetery where past Seekers had succumbed to mistreatment. Jackson jumped out of the Jeep and quickly pulled the back door open. Four Seekers ran up quickly, grabbing the bodies and dumping them in the holes. A loud tractor engine exploded into the night. In less time than it took for Katie to walk to the girls' showers, the attackers were buried. Katie took a quick shower, knowing there were still a couple of hurdles she would have to jump through before she could finally rest. Walking out of the girls' shower, Zack and Cluxy met her at the door. They had both showered. Not saying a word, they escorted her to the mess hall, where she knew everyone was congregated. Cluxy reached out and opened the door, allowing her and Zack to come in first. A hush immediately settled into the room. Justin, Joel, and Nathan quickly got up and took a couple of steps towards her, their expressions filled with uncertainty. Katie stopped in her tracks and then launched herself into Justin's arms. Reaching over, she grabbed Joel and Nathan trying to embrace all three at the same time. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you are here. She kept repeating, tears streaming down her face. Is it bad? Justin asked quietly. She nodded her head, unable to speak of the horrible event she witnessed. Letting go, she backed away. Do you remember that pure heart I roughed up because he had sex in the black home? Justin gave Joel and Nathan a cautious look. Yeah. What was his name? Katie asked through her tears. Jimmy, Nathan answered quickly. Jimmy Stevens. Katie nodded. Is Jimmy dead? Unable to speak, Katie nodded her head. Jimmy is one of our best fighters. Katie turned to the sound of the pure heart who spoke up. She didn't know his name either. If you can all sit down, Jackson spoke above the murmurs in the room. We have a lot of things to discuss. Katie went to sit down next to the pure hearts. I'm sorry, Katie, but you need to stand up here with me. Nodding, she got up and walked towards Jackson standing next to him. 
She looked out into the crowd of expectant faces. Eleven pure hearts died tonight, Jackson announced. He waited until the shocked responses quieted down. They were attacked by a total of eleven malice. Two at the plantation house where Katie lives, four at the black home, and five at the old Johnson home. Katie looked into the shocked faces of the pure hearts, knowing exactly how they felt. The seekers knew what they were up against. This will be a hard lesson each pure heart will have to learn. All the deaths resulted in the old Johnson house, Jackson continued. Most of the deaths happened to the older pure hearts who slept in Katie's old bedroom. He looked towards the pure hearts. I know they were your friends, and I'm truly sorry for your loss. How could only five malice kill eleven of us? Justin's voice rang out in the quiet room. Because seven were killed while they slept, Zach answered. They had the chance to kill everyone in the house, Jackson replied. I believe they decided to stop and feed before killing the younger pure hearts. There was a pause as everyone thought about what they had just heard. Some of the pure hearts believe seekers from this compound may have turned into malice and are wiping out the pure hearts so they can attack the population at will. Jackson looked out over the crowd. We are here to take roll. As I read your names, come up to the front of the room and stand at attention. Jackson held a clipboard in his hand and slowly went down the list of names. As each name was called, an immediate answer was made. The seekers stepped up and stood at attention. Katie watched each person's face. They held no anger or malice. There was just an acceptance of something that had to be done. She looked out over the pure hearts. They were watching the proceedings very closely. Jackson reached the bottom of the list. He looked up, an expression which was noticeably relieved. Katie turned into wolf form and stepped between the lines, smelling each person's scent. Reaching the back of the line, she turned back to the front of the room. Changing back into human form, she nodded her head towards Jackson. David, she called out with her thoughts. All of the seekers are counted for, and none of them have changed to malice. Okay, Katie, thanks. David's reply was distracted. Jackson hesitated. Our relationship with the pure hearts have always been a tentative one. I'm afraid they may even get more strained with tonight's events. Under no circumstances are you to engage them. He paused, allowing his words to sink in. If I hear of a single incident where a seeker attacks a pure heart, the seeker will be thrown out of this compound immediately. He or she will be left to his or her own devices. As all of you are aware, being on your own is a death sentence. Jackson eyed the seekers, still standing at attention. Do I make myself clear? Katie watched the seekers. None of them blinked or even showed the smallest degree of resentment. She saw a few of them make a quick nod, while others stood quietly staring straight ahead. Dismissed. Jackson's order did very little to relax the seekers. Sir, a seeker stepped forward. Can't we go out and hunt down these malice? Jackson sighed. I'm sure the police are still at the old Johnson home. We don't want to run into them while we're picking up the trail. 
I believe David is going to try and follow the trail at first light. I don't want any run-ins with the pure hearts. A ripple of uneasiness passed through the seekers. Another step forward. We don't want to stay behind these protective walls while the pure hearts are dying. The pure hearts do not trust us, Jackson tried to explain. We cannot just run out there, bent on kicking butt and cause more problems. Tonight's battle was a definite defeat, Katie said, her emotions close to the surface. But it is not the only fight we're going to have to have. I am sure when the time comes, the seekers in this room will have the chance to prove whose side they are on. She felt all eyes on her. I know in my heart, each and every one of you will gain your animal spirits back. Jackson gave her a quick smile. Those of you who have duties, get back to them. The rest of you, try to get some sleep. The seekers began leaving the room. As each one passed, they gave her a salute. She nodded, memorizing their faces. Wishing she knew their names, Jackson softly touched her cheek before he left the room. Katie turned to face the pure hearts. Can you tell us everything you know? Justin said quietly. Katie sat down at their table and gave them every detail, starting with the dream she had and the smell of the malice in her room. Zack and Clexi filled in on what they had seen and heard. She described Jimmy's wounds and how she ended his life, ending with what she and Jackson figured out in the backyard. They knew where the most experienced fighters slept, Joel said, his anger evident. Katie nodded. That is what Jackson and I came up with. Nathan leaned over. You told us once there was a traitor in our midst. Katie hesitated. We have a right to know, Justin said persuasively. It's not that I don't want you to know. It is just dangerous for you to know, Katie tried to explain. Zack shook his head. I think we can handle one pure heart. Katie looked around the table. Wondering how she could explain Lizzie's capabilities. Getting up, she stood folding her arms. She projected the street in front of the diner. The pure hearts looked around in wonderment as the bright sun shone from the sky and wind caressed their faces. She allowed a large Mack truck to come barreling towards them, its horn blaring just before the truck slammed into them. The projection disappeared. Katie eyed the pure hearts. Four of them had jumped out of the way. Three had their hands in the air trying to ward off the truck. The other six had remained seated, their expressions thunderstruck. The reason Tyler originally left this area was because he was hit by a car. A car he could not see while he crossed the road. Katie sat back down at the table. The traitor can make you see or not see anything. Who is it? Justin's voice had a hard edge to it. It's someone in the Hawk household. A pure heart Katie didn't know spoke up. It has to be. Katie sighed. It's Lizzie Hawk. All eyes rested on her in shock. But she's the granddaughter of old Elizabeth Hawk, the great white tiger. Katie nodded. Are you sure? Nathan's voice sounded skeptical. Lizzie has been my friend since kindergarten. I know every member of her family. It was hard for me to come up with this conclusion. What evidence do you have? 
Justin's voice sounded unconvinced. Katie went through everything she knew. She told them about saving Jackson and the way Tyler acted, the accident he had, and him eventually telling her what he knew before he left town. She told them the attack on the black home and the all-clear she was projecting. She concluded by telling them of Tyler returning and how they tested him, blocking her projections. The Hawk home was the only pure heart home not attacked tonight, Katie reiterated. If I had not sounded the warning, you guys in this compound would have been the only pure hearts left, except for the ones under her control. What does David Black say about all this? Justin questioned. Katie sighed. David has known Lizzie her entire life. He cannot come to terms with the fact that she is a traitor. My own mother argues against me, insisting it has to be Seekers and not Lizzie. Lizzie talks bad about David behind his back, a blonde girl spoke up. She says things like, he's a terrible leader and she's always pointing out things he's doing wrong. Katie nodded. She's undermining his authority, causing contention and distrust. You can block her projections? Justin asked, getting back to the original topic. Katie nodded. You have to teach us how, Justin pointed out. It's our only chance. Katie slowly nodded. We'll start first thing in the morning. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.